Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. Amen, amen. So, so we're are continuing our teaching, our, our sermon on the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Um, again, let me read through, this, through the prayer and then we'll... We'll dive right in. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 starts, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Last week we... We looked into verse 9. We talked about the importance and, and strength of prayer and actually listening with the tool that God uh, that Jesus has given us about prayer right so it's not a, it was it's a great tool it's a great way to uh, pray and understand that this this was a gift it's not something just an opinion that oh it might be no this is he's, he's teaching us this is how you should pray when you pray you should pray like this and last time we talked about our father in heaven hallowed be your name we really focused on remembering who God is, that we're not coming in as just talking to a buddy. He, he is, first of all, our father who unites us as one, as his children, and how blessed we are that we are called his children. And the other one is just that he is hallowed, that he is holy, and he is righteous. And when we come to him, we really need to come right. So today we have Sister Cynthia blessing us with uh, teaching on verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be not done on earth as it is in heaven. Take it away. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord uh, today for being able to share uh, in the word with you. Now I'm a different type of teacher and I hope it's okay with Pastor Tristan, Pastor Mike. I, I would like for uh, one of you, or if you don't mind getting First John 3 and 10 for me. Um, I know that um, you see, you know, the teachings do come from the two pastors. However, I like more of an engagement, if that's okay. okay? All right. All right, so, you know, um, I usually tell people, especially children, from a child up, we were um, taught this uh, model prayer and the 23rd Psalms. We were taught, you know, um, those two things as, as children coming up. And so in my time, uh, even when I taught youth, this is one of the prayers that we taught them even from two years old up and and they grew up knowing this um and then later you know we would explain to them exactly what it means but um so thy kingdom come as i i look at this um thy kingdom come what does it mean for god's kingdom to come whose kingdom what does his kingdom represents for us for the believer and even for the world when we are um, looking at that um this prayer that jesus gave his disciples it was a model prayer um and as we got the introduction on the other week, it was a model prayer just to uh, simplify it for the disciples um, and to give them a better understanding of who they were praying to and why they were praying to. It has some, it has some specific things in there. So what does it mean for God's kingdom to come? Um, it's an expression, right, of our desire for God's sovereignty to rule in the earth. To see it um, expand, to see it um, become his kingdom, his sovereignty, to become global. Um, when we start off the prayer, we said, hallowed be thy name, like his holiness, right? His holiness, um, as we look in our world today, we see what is happening and 
how much more how much do we need god's holiness to reign it doesn't say on the earth it says in the earth right we need it in the earth and so it's an intimate prayer it's an intimate prayer um and and jesus is teaching the disciples the importance of having an intimate prayer life with god at the end of the day that's the most important thing um, as a believer i often tell people you cannot be a christian without prayer you can try it'll be very difficult um when you start having trials and things like that you're going to be trying to pull from your strength instead of the strength of the lord so it's going to be difficult uh to be a christian one of the whole uh, points is you must pray you must fellowship you must commune with god the father um and so jesus is very uh specific here in the be first part i want to say in um verse eight um he and i know you guys went through that but in verse eight um it talks about it says uh don't be like unto them for our father knoweth the things that you have need of before you ask but it's still important for us to pray because that connects us with them also it it takes the focus off of us Right. And knowing that, you know, we have to humble ourselves before God. Nothing we do is of our own strength. He says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, said the Lord. So that helps us to focus on God. And then so uh, what, what does it mean for thy kingdom to come? God's kingdom is um, um, not a in, in this context, it's not a physical place. Right. It's not um, it can't be located, um, but it, it can exist, exist in our hearts. Right. And I'm going to give some scriptures that relate to that about God's kingdom um, existing in the hearts and in the minds of the believer. Right. This is different from the world. Right. Because we know the world is walking in their own mindset, walking in their own set of morals now, their own set of values. And what's what's uh, crazy or interesting is that the, the country that we live in was supposedly been founded on the Bible. Right. Um, but we see that that has gotten distorted and we see where we are um, today. And so Jesus is here with the disciples. He's giving them the right mindset in which we ought to pray. I love how Jesus always takes focus off of him, uh, right, in these certain moments and puts the focus on our Father. So the disciples were watching Jesus as he prayed, right, how his communion with the Father, how often he prayed with the Father, right? Just, just imagine if, if we, when we look at the uh, his his prayer in John 17 in John um, 16 and 17 when we look at those prayers right it's 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 an amazing um, thing to hear and it almost brings me to tears the fact that he took time to pray for his disciples for those that will come that didn't see him right but will believe on him through the disciples so they witnessed Jesus have this intimate uh, prayer life with God the Father and so um, when we pray for God, like God's kingdom to come, um, God's kingdom exists for righteousness, right? It, it, this is what his kingdom has. It has righteousness. It has justice. It has godly peace. It's unconditional, untainted, um, unwavering, agape love. This is what we're praying for, all these things to prevail in the earth. We know that there is right now an absence of that, but yet God still has a remnant of people that is exhibiting these characteristics and that will be us that will be those that are holding fast right to the word of god that is studying his word right that are are um, allowing um god's word to prevail in their lives and so uh when we pray 
for God's kingdom to come, it signifies our hope, right, for a world of equality and justice for all. And we know that that is, that is truly needed because God cares, right? He cares about the poor. He cares about those that are being, you know, um, slighted by society. He, and he expects us to care too. So when we're praying for his kingdom to come, again, it's not a place, it's not a physical place, but it's God's spirit. It is, it's his holiness, it's his righteousness, it's his sovereignty that we want to take and rule the earth. And so um, thy kingdom come, it's a reference of God's spiritual reign over all creation, um, the end of the earthly kingdoms as we know it. Um, so, uh, and, and scripture tells us in Luke 17, 21, God's kingdom is, uh, I talked about it just a little while ago, that it's in the hearts of the believer. Um, it's in the midst of us. So Luke 17, 21, um, and it says, um, let me just get it because my paper is slided. Um, nor would they say, let me just read it from here. Nor would they say, look here it is or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So we know God's presence is always with us. And so praying this helps put us in remembrance of that, right? That not only do we want his kingdom to come, but we must realize his presence is with us. And so this, uh, his presence being in the midst of us, is a transformation that takes place in the lives of believers who put their trust in Christ. Um, it's a, it signifies the work of the Holy Spirit. We rarely hear about the uh, the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is so important for the believer. This is the comforter that Jesus told his disciples to go back and wait, wait for the promise. Um, and so um, we all, as believers, we, we're given the Holy Spirit. Um, we're given even a measure of faith upon which to build. Um, as we build our relationship with God as we continue um, in seeking him and, and having fellowship with him and other believers, that faith grows, right? It grows from that mustard seed, symbolic faith into a, a whole tree, right? That is planted, that is rooted, um, and is built upon the foundation of, of Jesus Christ. And so we're praying for God's uh, dominion um, to become evident in all believers. It says, our Father, we're including Right. We're including um, other believers when we pray. Right. When we can say when we're by ourselves, I still pray our father. Right. Um, and I still ask, you know, um, as we get into the second part, but I still pray our father because in my mindset, um, that's who he is. Regardless whether people own it or not, he is still the creator of everything, everyone. So he's our father. When we look at John um, 14 verses 15 through 17. I'm reading the uh, Christian standard. Um, so John 14, 15 through 17, it says, if you, um, this is how God's kingdom is in our hearts. This is how they know that we are believers, how we are connected to Christ Jesus. It says, if you love me, Jesus is speaking here. He says, keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, forever. This just cannot be taken from us. The Holy Spirit is with us. No matter where you go, if you go to some place that you're not supposed to be going, the Holy Spirit is still there. You can't tell him, like, hey, you know, go sit down for a minute. I'm about to do some stuff I'm supposed to do. So he's promising us that his Holy Spirit is with us. It is the comforter, the, the advocate, our helper is with us forever. The spirit of truth is what he calls it. He says the word cannot, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. That's a blessing, right? He doesn't call us to faith. He doesn't call us out of darkness into his marvelous light and then leave us on our own to figure it out. 
We have the Holy Spirit. If only we would yield. And we're going to get to this next part. If only we would yield. Can you read for me Matthew um, Matthew 7, 16? You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? All right. And then John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. And so, um, and then 1 John 3 and 10. Anyone? This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor anyone who does not love his brother. So the word of the Lord is clear, right? It's clear what, what it says, how we are recognized as believers. We live in a world where even amongst uh, the Christian, our Christian brothers and sisters, uh, in, some, in some fellowships, well, they say, well, you really don't know who, you know, is who. There's imposters, but the scriptures clearly tell us the identifiers of a believer, of those that, that has the, the kingdom mindset, that has, you know, I now tell my prayer group, like, hey, keep it kingdom, right, after we end every session, because I want to remind them, right, that the kingdom of God is with you, goes with us, is there, we want his kingdom to come, and we spread God's kingdom, right, we spread the mindset, the, the virtues, the morals of his, his kingdom with our words and with our actions, with our lifestyle, that's worship. Worship is not necessarily when we come together and we're closing our eyes, throwing our head back and throwing up our hands. Look, that's a, that's a reverence. Those are acts that we do. But worship is a lifestyle that is reverence to our Father, to Abba, right? To Abba, our Father. And so um, Jesus, he, he instructs his disciples uh, about this prayer. Uh, God's kingdom to come because um, again this reminds us that God's kingdom will come and God and Jesus we know he's we got a soon coming king right he's going to set everything straight and that as believers that's a joy that we have in our heart right when we think about Jesus words and him coming back again and him reigning and like like making everything right for us we live in this life to live again so you know thy kingdom come but it can come in our hearts as we read in the scripture um, I'm going to um, read Revelations um, 11 and 15. Revelations 11 and 15. It says, hasten the day when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Woo! That right there just makes me want to shout. I want to read it again. Hasten the day when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever." And ever that seals the deal for us we already won we already have the victory right we just have to contend for our faith here right uh, a, a day with, with God is like a thousand years but we have to contend for our faith at the end of the day we have a part to do but here's the part again like he does not leave us without help right we, we have we have uh, Christ Jesus we have the Holy Spirit to help us as we are here and so um, when we are praying for his kingdom to come, we're also asking that, the, that he open the hearts of unbelievers. We don't want to leave them out. Jesus doesn't wish that any perish, right? But all will come to repentance. So we were asking for the hearts of the unbelievers to be open unto salvation and, and for God to, to change their nature, to know him, right? And for, for his word, uh, his holy word, uh, which, which will bring light into the world. So when we're talking about, and hopefully after we do this study, uh, of this, the prayer, the model prayer, or the Lord's prayer, or right as we do this study, we will now understand, you know, what these words means, these clauses mean, and say it in a different light. Say it with more uh, belief. Say it with more hope. And yes, Lord, I want your kingdom to come on my job. 
Like, I want your kingdom to come in my household. I want your kingdom to come with my unsaved loved ones. I want your kingdom to come in the body of Christ because we just erect some time. So, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your light shine. Like, like you know, illuminate the darkness, right? Um, when we pray this. And then Revelation 21 and 1. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John speaking. For the first heaven and the first earth had all passed away, and the sea was no more. So we have, we have all these promises, right, of, of his kingdom coming, of his kingdom that we'll establish, but he also gives us promises that his kingdom, right, is here with us. And I'm so glad that he didn't leave us, right, just to contend for our faith on our own. And so let's move into thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Again, this prayer, it seems simple, and you'll be amazed at how many believers still don't know this prayer right um they know some of it but they don't know any of it not i say it's because they have not taken the time to like read it and read it in its fullness and pray over it and ask the holy spirit to help them you know truly understand it's not just something that you recite right um and then you just get up off your knees but saying this prayer is really all that you need when it comes from a sincere heart right you don't have to really add anything else to it if you say this Jesus covers everything. He covers us honoring God, reverencing God, praising God, blessing God. He covers us praying for others. He covers us, uh, covers us wanting God's kingdom to come. And now he's saying, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's a big, bold statement, right? It, it's, a, it's a yielding. Um, Jesus is not instructing us, per se, to, uh, to put our faith in faith, Right. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, we're never walking blindly by faith. We know that that's a thing uh, amongst believers. And it's really because they're ignorant of, of the word of God, because there's no way that we are walking blindly by faith. You know, Abraham didn't walk blindly by faith. Things were revealed to him along the way and same with us. So when we're asking for God's will to be done, it's saying we're trusting him. Lord, I don't have all the answers. You know, um, I. <laughs> I'm praying and I'm praying. It just seems like you're not moving. Well, do I move? Do I stay? And, you know, we have prime examples in the Bible, right? Let's just, let's just briefly throw out that Abraham and Sarah who thought they needed to help God, right? And even in that, we saw Sarah blames Abraham and Abraham say, well, she's yours. You know, you're cocky, but do what you want to do with her, right? So we see they play the blame game, but they both were wrong. God said, I said what I said and I mean what I said. I'm still going to bless right? I'm going to bless your son by Hagar, right? But I promised you that Sarah, Sarah is going to have the promised son, mm -hmm. right? But even in that, right? Even in that, when we don't have the answers, when we can't see his plan, when we can't trace his hand, we ought to trust God's heart. This is what we're saying. We're saying, let thy will be done. God, I trust you, yeah. right? I don't know your will. I wish I did, right? A little explanation would probably make my cooperation, Lord, a whole lot easier. But guess what? I don't have the, you know, and he, he's not, uh, 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 he's, he doesn't have to give us an explanation. There are many mysteries of the Bible that we just don't understand that believers are fighting over right now today. And some things we're not going to know. There's a song um, that the saints used to sing, we'll understand it. By and by, mm -hmm. when the morning comes, when all the saints of God gather around, right? Because there's some things we just, we have to leave to God. We're like, okay, Lord, this is the way apparently you want it. So help me, right? Say a prayer to help me accept your will because it's hard, right? It's hard to accept that, well, Lord, I'm praying to be healed, but it hasn't come yet. 
right? Um, um, is this your will? Right. So help me. And so um, Jesus is not asking us to put our faith in, uh, in faith, but in a sovereign God who is faithful. We will never find another God and another deity that is, is as faithful as our God. We don't have a God we could carry around in our pockets or place him on a podium or dress him up. I have to give him paint touch-ups because he's, mm. the paint is rusting away, right? We don't have a God. We have a holy God. We have a sovereign God. We have a faithful God. So what does it mean when we ask God's will to be done in the earth as it is in heaven? And I'm sorry, I have to. Um, and so it means we're asking him for his divine plan and purpose to be fulfilled in our lives in the earth. And a lot of times, even though we ask that and we get off of our knees and we pray that and we pray hard and we go in, we get right up and try to figure it out ourselves. We go on the Internet to search. We call friends. We call mama, daddy, brother, sister, uncle, aunt. And we tell them our issue. After we just got them talking to the faithful one. Right. We go right up. We get right up. And we seek answers elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Just like Sarah and Abraham. No, that's not the topic, but I'm always just reminded of them because that's exactly what they did after they did the promise took too long. Mm -hmm. And they decided, right? And they decided they both were in error, right? Because God doesn't need help. He said, I said what I said, and I mean what I said. It's going to happen. And he brought it to, to the hardest thing for us is that fruit of patience. Galatians, right? 22, 23. It's, it's very hard. Patience is that, and that's for every human being, but more so for Christians because we have it in our head that when we pray, God's supposed to answer us right away. He knows what I'm going through. He knows the mm -hmm. suffering. He knows um, what I'm contending with. Like, God, where are you? God, I need you. God, come. Now. Well, I'm here. You just have to wait. Like, I'm working some things out in the background. Like, right? You know, you can go ahead of me. But then uh, you're going to suffer the consequences, right? I, I may not put a hedge around you. I may move my hedge so that you can suffer those consequences, right? Um, because of what you do. We see that in Sarah and Abraham. We see how that turned out, right? Um, and Hagar was caught in the middle of all of that. Not something she asked for, but she was put in the middle because of their lack of patience. I won't necessarily say because of their lack of faith. I just say because of their lack of impatience, right? Um, and so for us, when we're asking his will to be done, and Jesus prayed in Luke 22, 39 and 46. Christina, you want to read that for me? Luke 22, 29, 46. 39, Luke 22, 39, 46. 39 through 46? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And when he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them without a stone's, I'm sorry, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Right there, right there. So nevertheless, Father, how many times have we, so this is a prime example of, of patience, and it's never that Jesus didn't, Jesus knew the mission, right? He knew what he was sent to do and what he called to do, and he loved the Father, he obeyed the Father, but yet, um, as, as we look at this, he's, he's saying that, Father, you know, if, if you are willing, 
right? Um, because there's a scripture that says, and I probably shouldn't quote it because I can't get the address right now, but there's a scripture that says that we should never send, I believe this was Paul that said we should never say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but we should say, if the Lord, if the Lord is willing, then I'll do this, or I'll do that, because we're putting the premise on us, like, we're in control of stuff. Yeah, if only y'all could find it from that, just... It was at the time I hit my address. And, um, and so we shouldn't, but we don't think like that. Like, we go on and we tell people, because actually when we tell people we're going to do something, it's really a promise that we're making a person. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah, I got you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go here. You got it? Is James 4.15? Mm-hmm. Can I hear it? Yeah, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Exactly. And so this is when, and I'm just, you know, you know I'm comparing that. No? Yes? No, I just... No. <laughs> he, he knows James that well. I was awesome. just giving my husband a little. Yay. <laughs> so, you know, what, what I find, you know, very sobering for me, if Jesus prayed, Father, if you're willing. Yep. Like, he didn't say, Lord, and he's, he's the Christ. He's the Son of God. Like, he didn't say, Lord, let this cup pass. And he says, if thou art willing, take this cup from me. Mm-hmm. He says, but yet, he pauses, right? He, he, he understands the mission, yet not my will. But thy will be done. We have to understand that we can never do anything of our own will. We could try, again, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So anything we do, we should really consult God about it, right? Um, And and so so when we allow our actions, when we align our actions, and I just want to read the rest of it. Verse 43 says, and the angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So that's a whole preach right there if I can say that because when we pray God's will to be done and then we're waiting I did a reflection this morning um the waiting room of life right when we're waiting in the waiting room of life we've prayed a prayer and we're waiting on God and we say father you know thy will not my will but your will be done but then the angels came and ministered to him and that is what happens with us this is the peace that we have that surpasses all man's understanding when we pray for something and we're waiting and we're waiting and we see in our minds that God is blessing everybody around us, but we're still waiting on this one thing or this two thing. Or, um, and, and so Jesus, see here, you know, we do have, you know, a confidence. The Holy Spirit helps us to be patient in our waiting, right? Because it's going to produce a great fruit in us, right? It's going to produce a great thing in us. First of all, it's going to teach us humility. Nothing teaches you better humility than patience, to be honest, for me. I will speak for me because when you learn true patience, right, you're truly best because you won't be full of anxiety. You won't be full of fear. You won't be full of, of anger, you know, disappointment because you didn't get what you thought you, you wanted, needed, or deserved because you waited on God. And so those of us that will align our actions, our thoughts, our, de- our decisions uh, with God's desire and seek, right, to bring his kingdom uh, values here on earth. Um, so, so in other words, um, this part of the prayer allows us to be doers of God's will, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just letting that sit just a little bit. To be doers, what does it really mean to be doers of God's will? Not my will, but thy will. Thy will be done. We should bring everything before God before we do it, right? Um, this, this ensures that we are in line, that we are in tune with God, right? We may miss some things, right? But, but if we align ourselves, our thoughts with him, with his, right? When we read that word in the morning or afternoon or before we go to bed, right? Um, we, will, we will be in tune with God. So we, we won't make, keep making these misstep, missteps or mistakes as we go along. We can avoid some things is what I'm trying to say. So those, you know, who will align their lives with God. So when we do this, 
God will provide what we need to accomplish his will, his way, uh, his way and not our way. We can, we can do, we see that in our society, some things are being accomplished and it looks crazy to us, right? And you may say, oh, but, but even in the craziness, God still has a remnant. People will still be saved. People will still, you know, come to Christ. Um, and that's a good thing, right? They will still come to Christ. Um, but we want to make sure that we, we're aligning ourselves with his will. So Jesus instructs his disciples to pray this way because it reverence and it acknowledges God's power and his authority in our lives. Lord, let thy will be done, right? Not my will, but thy will. Jesus said, um, and, and it takes our focus off of thinking that we're in control or that we can control the situation. God does gives us um, discernment, right? He gives us, that's why, you know, Paul talks about praying for wisdom and knowledge because they go together, especially when we're studying the word of God, right? You don't want one uh, more of one and, and little of the other. You, you want God to balance you out with that so that when you're walking, like, you know um, what his will is, you can discern should I go left, Lord? Should I go right, Lord? Should I go up, Lord? Or should I just sit and wait? Uh, if I'm waiting, do I pray, Lord? Do I, you know, do I sit still and, and meditate to hear your voice, Lord? Uh, will you send someone to give me confirmation if I'm to go? You know, those type uh, of things. And so uh, Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know for all those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to the purpose of God. And that's, again, talking about letting his will be done. So we never have to worry if we're walking in the will of God. And you would know it. You would know it, right? It's kind of like the little girl that went into the woods and she put the gingerbread crumbs, right, um, to, to find her way back. I look at it as when we read God's word and we, we, we put the scriptures, we write them on our hearts. And as we travel along this journey, right, there's a narrow road. That road is a hard road, right? It, it's straight. It's narrow. Um, and when we travel that road, like, you know, we have the scriptures, we have God's promises to, to uh, give us our direction. And then as we go, we got people following behind us. So we're leaving faith tracks, if that makes any sense, behind us because we're living epistles. People are reading us. People are watching our lives. And so we're walking in the will of God. We can lead someone else to Christ right? We'll have the opportunities to share the light, to explain to them, give a reason for our faith. Like, this is why I do what I do because of God. This is why, right? How did you make it through that? Because of God, right? His word told me to trust in him with all of my heart, right? And I have that scripture in him, but to trust in him with all of our heart, my heart and lean not to my own understanding. That's exactly what I do daily because I really don't know. I think I'm doing right, but it's not enough to think, the Holy Spirit will give us that assurance that we need to know, yep, this is, this is right, or nope, nope, that ain't it, don't go. So um, sometimes we may question, I talked about this earlier, God's will, which can leave us to uh, uh, be full of anxiety and, and frustration. And we've all experienced that, right? Because we just did what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do, because God was just taking too long. We know we were supposed to wait, but we, we did it anyway. We find ourselves in, in some situations where we now have to call on God again to pull us out of, right? We have to layer prayers on top of prayers because we just constantly want to do things our way. But the scripture tells us in Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, prayer and supplication that we are to uh, with Thanksgiving, right? Let's not leave that out. People like to kind of skip over the Thanksgiving part. And they'll say, with prayer and supplication, make your request. Nope, Mm. hold on. There's another word in there. With Thanksgiving, um, make your request be known to God. And the peace of God, this is what he gives us when we, 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 um, we lay it before him. Is that peace that the world can give us. Right? We can't find peace in things. Things can be taken from us. Things can be stolen from us. But we find peace in God, in the will of God. Right? Because the safest place to be is in the will of God all day long, every day. Right? Um, and so in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Through you guard your heart, guard your mind, helmet of salvation breastplate of righteousness is going to guard our hearts and our mind and so um how do we how do we get this peace that this uh verse is talking about by trusting god's will to be done and that he knows what he's doing we never have to question god we can question him mary questioned she said well how is this to be right he doesn't mind us asking questions but when you ask him in a condescending way right you know they they uh sarah laughed <laughs> and he asked why did you laugh <laughs> i didn't laugh Girl, I'm standing right outside this tent. You did Are you talking to God? Right? But but there's and there's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot expect God to give you an answer because he's sovereign. He can't give us too much. Because if he does, right, we'll think Amen. Amen. So a lot of things he withhold from us and he only gives us what he knows that we need for the journey. Because he would never bring us to something that he's not ready to pull us through right? a lot of us back away from the the blessing or back away from the mission too soon because either the road got rough it got tough people talked about us or we second guessed ourselves but he's like no no come on like he got the little breadcrumbs and he's like nope just follow <laughs> follow the yellow brick road follow me follow the righteous road i got you but we back away too soon i've done it in my, my lifetime and then i had to start a cycle all over again because it's like telling letting a child skip a grade or two, right? Sometimes those kids need to go through the regular cycles of life. It's not to miss some things. And so that's how I feel it is with God's children. Like we have to go through the cycles of life. And then Proverbs, as I close here, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord. I just uh, quoted that. But trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will... Uh, straighten your path or he was strengthening you there's different versions of it um but it's telling us to, to simply trust in god and for some of us it's not that simple mm-hmm. because it's it's crazy that we'll trust in inanimate objects before we trust in god mm-hmm. we don't check a tv before we go turn it on or the car you know unless you know your car got trouble you're like in the name of jesus <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you have a brand new car and the car is gassed up, you don't normally get in the car, pray over the car. Most of us don't even pray when we get in for traveling grace. And let's be honest, we don't. We don't. We just get in and, and, and we don't even think about before we know it, we're at a destination. Sometimes I've dri- I've, I'm driving and I'm like, oh, I'm here. I don't even remember getting to the location. Um, and, and that is that trusting God is basically that, you know, you're not even conscious of that. Um, 
so we are to trust in him. And so when we do this, we do allow God to be our guide and to give us peace in our requests that we've laid before him. It's nothing like having peace in God. My sister really quickly um, is going for a diagnosis. They found some lumps in her breast, and they're telling her it's cancerous. But my sister is a woman of faith, and so am I. So when she told me last night, I didn't cry. I didn't scream. I didn't kick. I said, we just want to believe God. She says, that's right. God's will is going to be done. And they were asking her, are you very calm? She's like, well, y'all suspected. It doesn't mean that it's so, right? Um, and so that that's faith. That's that's trusting in, in God no matter how how the turnout comes, right? You, you can't pray and then be worried and worry and then pray, right? You're either going to trust him or you, you're not, right? And so because he, he is in control. So whatever request we lay before him, my sister says she has peace. She has peace with it, right? Um, and I prayed for her last night. I, had, I went to sleep because I had peace with it. And why I had peace? Because she had peace, right? But I also have peace because I know a God. I know a man. I've seen the works of his hand. I've seen him perform miracles. I've seen him do signs. I've seen him do wonders in lives where people just wrote off like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's start planning a funeral. And they were like Lazarus. They rose up. And living right now today, enjoying life, right? So I've seen the work of God. But it all begins with our commitment to trust him in, in all of our ways and wait patiently on him. That's my Amen. reflection. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.